And welcome once again, folks, to the Coach Josh Conklin Show, brought to you by RJ Rockers, Jim Noble, along with Wofford head football coach Josh Conklin. Uh, ordinarily, I start the show and go, how you doing? But we've had some announcements uh, very early this week, Coach, that uh, lead me to believe uh, I know the answer to that question. A, a tough week and a tough announcement. Uh, certainly, uh, we found out that the expected game on Saturday against ETSU is not going to take place uh, because of shortcomings personnel-wise in the specific personnel group for Wofford. So uh, as we welcome you in, I guess kind of tell us how this all transpired on a, uh, on, on a very, very strange Monday for you. Yeah, it's obviously really disappointing, Jim, for our entire football program. Um, I think as coaches and players, you know, we you, you want to move on from the Chattanooga game and get in, into the next game. And we started game planning last night. And, you know, we're all holding on kind of by a thin, thin thread, if you will, across the board. But going into last week's game, uh, we carried six defensive linemen. Uh, we had to create a personnel grouping where we put an outside linebacker in at kind of a defensive line. So we played really with two true defensive linemen, which you can do certain versus certain personnel groupings. <clears throat> so we were right on the, the border of the borderline of not having enough defensive linemen. Well, we lost another one uh, on Saturday. And so now we're down to five defensive linemen and the conference has said that you have to have six to be able to play. So with the injuries that have occurred, and then obviously we've had, opt-outs in the fall we had a couple more this spring because of the virus guys decided not to play um we, we ran out of numbers and so we've we've created the last couple of weeks we've ran out of numbers up to this point and it forced us into really not having enough guys to go play uh, play a football game and, and hopefully you know we'll get another guy back here in another week or two um maybe two guys back um just it's an unfortunate situation and it's kind of where we're at right now you had kind of warned us coming off the, the Mercer win that, you know, uh, we were talking about the game that Michael Mason had and, and Tanner Barnes and you, you, you cautioned us a little bit. You said, yeah, we've got to kind of limit their reps a little bit because we're so thin at that position. Did that sort of come to fruition where when you get an in-game injury Saturday at Chattanooga, um, I know TJ Neal did yeoman's work being put, you know, have a hand on the ground and, and act as a defensive lineman, um, you can kind of paste and, and duct tape things together best you can. But when you get further announcements like you got this weekend, um, there's really nothing you can do, is there? No, you really get in. Yeah, you really get into a situation where if you pull from another position group, which we've looked at, and we may potentially try to do that here in the future, but if you pull from the O-line or, or a tight end, I mean, you're just – you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. I mean, you're, you're going to take from them and then it's going to add more reps on those guys. And then they're, then they're going to run into issues. Um, it really is just kind of the, you know, if we had three, the three guys that are, that are not here right now, if we had those guys, we could, we could go play, you know, but the NCAA said, Hey, you can opt out during this COVID season. I've told people, uh, you know, we talked before, when you only have 63 scholarships and you don't have 85 scholarships, when, when guys start to opt out, you know, you lose numbers pretty quickly and then you compound that problem with injuries. And, and we're not talking sprains. We're talking season ending injuries. Now you've got issues. And, and those are the issues that we're, we're we're facing and dealing with, you know, looking right, right in the straight in the eye right now. Mm -hmm. When you talk to the team as not only just today, but as the week progresses, uh, 
they want to play. They're they're probably hurt by this, but there are some messages that can come out of this. Some some lessons to be learned. I'm sure. What will be some of your messages to the group of guys that that want to play this weekend but simply can't? Well, I you know sometimes I think patience is is a very difficult thing. You know, um, I think we can. I think if we we attack this the right way as a group um, of players and coaches will become stronger through it because we'll face adversity. The guys that we have in the room right now are guys that want to play the game and they want to be here. Um, they're not looking for a way out. They're not looking to quit. Uh, they want to play. Uh, the, other, the other thing that I'm going to tell our guys, you know, every guy that wants to, this is a bonus season, so to speak. And that's the way I look at it because we have, I think maybe one guy that this will be his last spring that he'll play college football that's tough as a coach to look at that guy and think, you know, he may not have as many games as we once thought, but all those other guys, we've maneuvered numbers and positioned them where they can come back and play in the fall. And a lot of them are going to do that. So they're going to get a chance to play a full schedule, a full season. It may not happen right now. It may not happen this spring. We may not have to cut some games out, but that's going to, you know, that's going to happen. And, and, and I'm, those guys are going to have the opportunity to do that. And then the last thing, Jim, is, you know, decisions have consequences. And I told you guys that before. And when a guy chooses not to play or a guy chooses to quit, um, when you sign up to be a part of this football program, when you decide to quit or you decide to move on, we don't get to recoup those numbers. And, you know, we just can't, we can't do it. It takes us a year to do it. And so that has become a real uh, issue for us right now as a program. And anticipating some of the questions that we would get from fans during a normal coaches show, I looked at Chattanooga's roster heading into the game and they had over 30 transfers. We can't do that at Wofford. We don't have a graduate school. So it's not like you could have seen this coming and said, oh, let's load up on, on graduate transfers or any kind of transfers heading into the season because it's just not in the cards here. Yeah, that's the, you know, and I pride myself as a, as a head coach, I pride myself on being able to see issues that are going to potentially come no different than we talked about last week with our coaching staff. Right. And I feel like I'm always trying to, to see those issues. We knew this was going to be a problem. Um, I knew it was going to be a problem. Our, our staff knew it was going to be a problem. So we actually went out and tried to get a couple of guys to that, that were looking to transfer. Um, and like I told you guys, you know, we don't take graduate transfers, so that's out the window. So then you're looking for guys that are transferring maybe a year or two after they've played. It's just not what we do. And they didn't meet the profile here, you know, at Wofford as far as academically or, or you know, getting transfers in. And so that's a huge – it's a disadvantage. It's a competitive disadvantage. And, and again, we I signed up for that. We signed up for that. That's not an excuse. We pride ourselves in bringing guys in, keeping them here for four years, but when you have these type of issues with the COVID and being able to opt out, it just, it causes issues that, you know, sometimes you just can't overcome. Last question before we move on to uh, what takes place between the white lines, hopefully sooner rather than later, um, what will practice look like this week? Uh, do you get a head start on Sanford? Do you kind of try to keep things as normal as possible? Yeah, we will. I mean, we'll we'll train um, in the weight room. Uh, we'll have three practices this week like we normally would. We probably won't do as much contact just because we'll have limited numbers, you know, and I think that's the other thing that people um, maybe from the outside are looking in, you know, we have to practice and you have to you have to practice against each other. And so every time you got five guys in the defensive line, they've got to give a look for the offensive team and they're taking their looks for the defensive team. You know, all those things, those those reps continue to add up. And that's why I said what I did in terms of, you know, 
us being able to monitor those reps and keep track of those reps. Uh, we would like to play guys about 40, 35, 40 snaps a game at, at the D line position because that's just the nature of the position. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's again, we took too many and, and here we're here's where we are. Well, hopefully this too shall pass, as they say. When we come back, we will take a look back at game number two of the spring season, the trip to Finley Stadium to take on Chattanooga. That's next on the Coach Josh Conklin Show. And welcome back to the Coach Josh Conklin Show, brought to you by RJ Rockers. All right, great season opening win against Mercer. Now you guys are feeling pretty good about themselves. But you knew it was going to be a battle at Finley Stadium in Chattanooga. Almost a reverse situation, Coach, because... You had nothing on them. They played one game in 400-plus days, and it was one game back in the fall. You guys coming off a win, so they have tape of you. You don't have tape of them. That probably added to the challenge last Saturday. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a challenge. And, that, you know, I told, told you going in, I mean, that they have a really good coaching staff. Uh, they've got really talented players, obviously. Good players, good coaches. Uh, that know what they're doing. You're, you're going to have to go into that situation and, and really be sharp and, and not make mistakes, which they didn't make. I think they made one and we couldn't capitalize on it. Uh, we made multiple mistakes and they capitalized on those, you know, and I think that was really the, the difference in the game. Um, you know, and, and we, we weren't surprised by what they did necessarily. You know, we just, we kind of beat ourselves to be honest with you. And I give credit to them because I think they did a tremendous job and they executed at a higher level than we did, but we just beat ourselves. As you're about to see, things actually started off pretty well for the Terriers. Let's go to the highlights from Chattanooga. Gain of eight, Wyrick again. Wofford comes out throwing two completions. This is Van Cleve. Demarie Van Cleve has the first down up close to midfield. Pickerington, Ohio, he's a sophomore. And he will throw again. This time it's complete as well. He's three of three passing. And Wyrick will again throw, pressured, he'll run. Wyrick to the 20, gets to the 15, and he's popped hard in a first down for the Terrier. 173 yards, and he's off to a quick start. Here's the give inside the 10-yard line, goes Irvin Mulligan. Defensive line was in on the tackle. Here's Wyrick on the option, the keeper, the touchdown. First rushing touchdown for Jimmy Wyrick. Third down seven, here's Drake Arnold. Henderson for a first down, shy of the 40-yard line, and Henderson finally shoved out of bounds. Strange, a field steal, preseason All-American. Here goes Price again with a hole. And the mocks have it inside Wofford territory. And ranked number 11 in the country. Third and long for the mocks. Arnold oh. threads the needle, and wow. it's caught inside the 25 to the 20-yard line, and a first down, Jay Gibson. Coming out of there like a dart. I mean, he's got a nice... Armstrong Price looking for a hole. And Terrell Price continues to muscle. The Chattanooga first down. He got just inside the 10-yard line. Two-yard line. Arnold throws. Touchdown. Jay Gibson. How about that? Jay Gibson with his first start of his career gets the touchdown. And Wyrick will throw on the run. Wide open. Pass is caught. Across the 40-yard line, it's DeMarie Van Cleef. And here's Mulligan, finds a hole, gets across midfield and a first down. Wofford stays on the option, Wyrick 
the keeper, first down to the Chattanooga 34. Walker, Walker was their workhorse last week. This is Mulligan, and he is met by the Chattanooga defense and stopped yards in the first half. They stay on the ground, Walker to the 20. Well shy of the first down. Sophomore from North Carolina. And the 36-yard attempt is up, and it is good. Let's see if he can pin the Terriers back. Fair catch called for, and then dropped. Uh-oh. <clears throat> loose ball. Oh, loose. Let's see who's got it. Chattanooga says they've recovered. Cole Hinky comes out of the pile with it after the ball was loose on the turf, and Hinky comes up with it. Just a tremendous play for Cole Hinky, the Chattanooga native. Price. Second effort, touchdown. Terrell Price puts Chattanooga in the lead. And that motions into the backfield for Chattanooga, and they'll use him as a lead blocker, clearing a path for Geno Appleberry. And Appleberry gets out across the 25-yard. Three of six so far on third down. Arnold going for Henderson. Oh Henderson makes the catch. Wow, what a catch. Right on the back of the defender's helmet. He made it against Kagan Campbell. Moshe's now heads back to the far side. Here's Arnold to throw again. Again, his target is Henderson. And he's out of bounds at the 25. Opening drive of the third quarter. Drayton Arnold throws. Complete. Wow. First down inside the 15-yard line, Jay Gibson. Arnold. Big pressure. Sacked. It was Tanner Barnes. Barnes has been the active defensive lineman today for Wofford. It has. Gabe Boring to hold. And Wilson to extend the Chattanooga lead. It is no good. He missed it to the left. And our score remains 14-10 Chattanooga. Drayton Arnold, and that sack took the mocks and pushed them back. And here's a big run by Wofford. Lovelace goes for a first down. End of the field. And here's Wyrick on the option. The pitch out, Mulligan. Mulligan first down inside the 30. Couple of games and then decided to take the red shirt. Here's Lovelace. And again, he rips the hole right through the middle of the Chattanooga defense. Inside the 15, he goes to the 14-yard line. Here's Lovelace. Spins away from a tackler. Gets inside the 10. Brandon Dowdell made another stop for Chattanooga. With a field goal up and true. Goal from Wofford to make it a one-point game. Arnold to throw, pass complete. Kenori McKinnon, his first catch of the day, Whoa. and he breaks free. McKinnon across the 45-yard line. Makes the stop. That's a couple of South Carolina guys hooking up there. Arnold again oh, throws. Manning. Complete Manning, middle of the field, inside the 20-yard line, and the mocks are back inside the red zone. Another big catch from Andrew Manning, his second of the day. Gets Drayton Arnold on the ground, and there's a Chattanooga touchdown. Geno Appleberry goes into the touchdown for the mock score. Uh, Mox Cole Strange was engaged in the block and the umpire, after they get in the end zone right there, boom, he gets the worst of it. Oh my God. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Drayton Arnold to throw over the middle, pass complete. Reggie Henderson inside the 30 yard line. Drayton Arnold. 
207 passing today. Here he is again, throwing for Henderson. He makes the catch and is out of bounds. And done well. Arnold on third down, has time. End zone, incomplete. Goes in and out of the arms of Tyron Arnett. And Skyler Wilson. It's Wofford that knocked the ball out of the quarterback from Mercer's hands early in the game. That resulted in a turnover, and here's a turnover. Brandon Dowdell intercepts Jimmy Wyrick. Ball was underthrown, and Dowdell comes away with the pick. Second turnover of the day for Chattanooga. Ten-yard line. And a bad oh. snap gets pie Boring. And Boring will fall on it at the 26-yard line, and that is where Wofford will take over. First time the Mocs have turned it over today. And here's the snap. Pressured, throwing it up for grabs. Ooh. Incomplete pass. What an effort. Sanders tried to make the diving catch at it, and he comes up empty. Check that. It was Luther. T.J. Luther tried to make the catch. Comes up empty. Arnold, he'll have to hurry here, and he gets it off with a second left. Terrell Price to the 15, maybe the 16-yard line. Practicing <laughs> in high schools because right. there was new turf being put down at the as Wyrick will be thrown down, and that will be how the game ends. Well, Coach, that at least the first drive, you think things are clicking, but you mentioned their coaching staff. They made some good adjustments defensively. Um, I thought everything was just a, you know, just a, a tick off in terms of, you know, mental and physical coming together. And uh, only 199 total yards offensively, which I believe is the lowest in, in your time at Wofford. Was it more them or was it more us? Well, I mean, anytime, you know, anytime you have that type of performance, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, obviously, they did a good job of defending us. And so I always give those guys a, a ton of credit. Uh, we didn't play as sharp as we had before. Um, we didn't do the things that we did the week before. You know, usually you see your biggest improvement between week one and week two, and, and that was not the case. But, you know, to me, and I said this on Sunday when I spoke to the staff, you know, we talked about the middle eight of the game, which is the last four minutes of the the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. And we lost that middle eight. We want to win that middle eight. So, you know, if we go in at halftime and we're it's 10 to seven and they have to come out, um, it's a different game. When we drop one on the three yard line, they get a touchdown. Now it's 14 to 10 and, and the momentum has shifted. Your back is against the wall. You're playing from behind and not playing with a lot of confidence. Um, then we couldn't get the ball back to our offense until eight minutes, you know, left to go in the, in the third quarter. Uh, we just didn't do a good job. We didn't do a good enough job on third down to get off the field, and we didn't do a good enough job scoring in the red zone when we got down there on offense, which, again, gives you a lift. It gives you a little bit of confidence, and we, we just didn't do that. I, I thought your defense, with the exception of that huge drive to begin the, the, the second half, certainly, um, they were put in some tough situations, some special teams miscues, you know, a, a fumble, uh, a kind of a botch kickoff return that put you guys way back in, in your territory. By and large, considering the, the, the things that we've been dealing with defensively in terms of numbers and the things we've already talked about, there were some individual efforts, I thought, that that warranted mention. I thought John Beckley had another great game. He had 10 tackles. You mentioned T.J. Neal essentially playing the role of a defensive lineman. Um, coverage was pretty good, except for a couple of lapses. I know lapses count in your book. Mm -hmm. It happened, but um, and on special teams, Walker Gliarmus jumps in there and, and hits some extra yeah. and a field goal. So, were there some things you could build on? Some things you liked from the performance on Saturday? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, any, any game you go into and you come out of, uh, even as, as poorly as I felt like we played, you, you take some positives from it. You know, um, we defended the run pretty well. I mean, I think they had 2.0 or two yards uh, per carry 30 rushes, something like that. Um, a little bit skewed because we had some negative plays with a sack, but we defended the run pretty well. Uh, I thought we defended the run better than we did the year before. They had five explosive pass plays, which again is a young secondary not being able to keep their eyes where they're located, and you know things that are all all correctable, things we can clean up. The special teams play, like you said, with the kicking, uh, the kickers was better. With our kickoff guy, we had a new kickoff guy, um, Atkins. He did a really good job. So I mean, we're we're going to make progress. And we're going to get better. And like I said before, the, the frustrating thing is you sit here and you're like, man, I want to get out there and, and get these guys going again and, and get this stuff corrected. And now you're sitting here having that bad taste in your mouth. Yep. Well, absolutely. Well, that'll put a wrap on Chattanooga after this next break. We'll take a look at the wild, wacky Southern Conference and what stands down the road for the Terriers that's coming up next. And welcome back to the Coach Josh Conklin Show. I'm Jim Noble with Wofford Terrier Head Football Coach Josh Conklin. And, uh, you know, I would love to say that I expected everything that was going to happen on Saturday, but I expect nothing, uh, expected nothing that, that happened on Saturday. You had you had our game. You had Furman going to VMI and, and getting beat 14 to 13. Credit to the key mm-hmm. deaths for that one. I was able to watch a, a little bit of the second half there. You have Mercer in the Citadel in, in a wild ball game where Mercer, Mercer takes a huge lead and has to hold on as the Citadel tries to come back. Coach, this may be the the one type of spring season that we can't figure out just because of everything that's going on off the field. Maybe it's affecting things on the field. Yeah, no, I you're you're exactly right. I think you've got everything's just everything's a little bit out of whack right now. I mean, you know, you're gonna play with some guys that you didn't think you're going to play with. You got freshmen that you're playing with that in a typical year, you wouldn't play with them. You've lost seniors because they chose not to play uh, this spring or opted out. Um, it's just a, it's a really a different type of season. And, you know, again, the team to me, that the teams that are going to be successful, the ones that can number one, stay healthy and have enough guys, enough quality guys to play every week. Um, and then be able to, you know, kind of create, manipulate, um, put your guys in the best position. If you do, if you have guys out of position that are playing, you know, those are the ones that are going to be successful uh, this spring. I know you're so wrapped up in what you're doing and game planning and things like that. Do you ever get a chance to, to, to scan other scores or other highlights or, or, or tape from a team? If you're not about to play them the next weekend. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, thanks to social media. I know when we were coming home on the bus, you know, the North Dakota state game was a shocking game yeah. to me. Um, and when you watch that, I haven't watched that game. I've heard some from some of the guys that did, you know, uh, or watched highlights of it. You just kind of sit there and go, man, how did that thing get out of control? Like it did. Um, but they've lost a lot of guys this fall. I think a lot of their seniors play that one game and then, you know, they've got a new crew coming in the spring. Uh, you don't have that full cycle of teaching, you know, a lot of issues that go into it, but anyway, I mean, it's, it's, it's unique for everybody and it's, it's, we don't typically play football in the spring here in the South, especially right. We, we play baseball in, in the masters in the South. So football is, is very unique and everybody's, I think is just kind of trying to figure out and find their way a little bit and trying to keep guys healthy and keep guys, um, you know, accessible uh, for Saturdays. As we kind of wrap up this show and, and look ahead, I think a couple of things are important to point out. And first and foremost, probably is considering what took place around the league, 
it appears that the goals that you have, the goals for the team have, haven't changed. You go out and, and do what you're capable of. The goals that you set forth for this spring season are still there. Obviously, we have to be able to get on the field, and so does everybody else. But can that be part of the message you give to the guys you could hearken back to, to 2019 where it seemed like the sky was falling after the first couple of games and lo and behold, it winds up in a, in a Southern conference championship. So how do you reinforce that message when guys are down in the dumps today, as we get closer to what we hope is our next game, and it's going to be a little while. How do you keep that message positive? You just, I mean, again, it's nothing nothing really exciting about it. You just really have to do take, you have to take it one day at a time. You have to focus on what you can do to get better. Uh, you can't control anything other than kind of your own world and, and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. But um, you know, this, this game, it, it changes fast. I mean, if we get, you know, we can get one guy back and maybe two guys back uh, and then you don't lose a guy for the rest of the season and, and you start to play well. And, you know, I don't know how many games, I think it's five, maybe four or five that you have to play to be eligible for the playoffs. There's a lot. There's a lot that's going to happen this season. There just is. I mean, you know, I would be shocked if everybody plays every game um, in the spring season. I just, I think it's going to be hard and difficult to do. Um, so yeah, it is all out there, and you just got to, you got to take. Like I said before, if you get one game and you're guaranteed that game that weekend, that's the one you got to capitalize on. That's probably the thing that disappointed me the most on Saturday was our guys understood it. I felt like we were, we had a great week of practice. Uh, we just weren't quite what we were the week before we, like you said, mentally, physically, it just wasn't quite there as a football team. Um, and, and you can't squander those opportunities in a season like this, especially because you don't, you're so limited. Well, I'll tell you what, you're a trooper for uh, doing this today on short notice after all, after everybody's world changed a little bit. So hang in there. We can't wait to see you guys back on the field. I know you guys will be ready for whenever the next game is. And, uh, currently scheduled to be the, the the Sanford contest there in Birmingham. But coach, as always, we appreciate your time and uh, go get them. Not, not, not too hard in practice this week. We got to keep everybody healthy, but uh, we'll see you before the Sanford game. We know good things are ahead. All right. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. For head coach, Josh Conklin, I'm Jim Noble. Thanks once again for watching the Josh Conklin show brought to you by RJ Rockers. We'll see you next time.